Welcome to You Shall Receive Power. I'm Etienne McClintock, and in the studio today is Colin Hone. Colin, welcome. It's great to be here, Etienne. Always good to do these programs with you. Colin is the International Director and Speaker for Holy Spirit Ministries, and also the International Distributor for the book 50 Days, Prayers and Devotionals to Prepare for the Latter Rain and Christ's Return by Pastor Dennis Smith. Now, our current series is based on those daily devotionals that you find in these books, and today we're going to do, I think, lesson number four. So just before we start our program, please join us in prayer. Our Father in heaven, creator, redeemer, and sustainer, we pray for your presence and the leading of your spirit as we study together today. Bless each listener. May your goodness and your grace draw us closer this day, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You are listening to You Shall Receive Power and is based on the words of Jesus in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 where Jesus said, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Colin, looking forward to this lesson to see what it's about. And as I look at the heading there, it says a spirit-empowered and directed church. Now, I guess if the church is spirit Empowered and directed We need individuals who are spirit empowered and directed So I'm looking forward to what uh, what we're going to learn from the lesson today Absolutely, yes Well, you look back in the, the book of Acts I believe it should really be called the uh, the book of the whole Acts of the Holy Spirit sure. Yes This church was a spirit empowered and directed church by the mm. Holy Spirit mm. And uh, you can see, you know, one of the most striking phenomena following the day of Pentecost is the record of the Holy Spirit directing the church in very clear and dramatic ways. The Holy Spirit was in charge. Yes. It wasn't man-directed. It was Holy Spirit-directed. And we're going to just unpack a little bit today of how the Holy Spirit used the early church and what we can learn from that, that Mm. we can uh, apply that to our church today. Well, that's going to be very interesting. So, for example, you know, you look in Acts chapter 5, verse 1 to 3. Acts chapter 5, verse 1 to 3. So I have it here. It says, But a certain man named Ananias, with Sapphira his wife, sold a possession, and he kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and came back part of the price of the land for yourself. While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not your own to control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. And the young men arose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. Now it was about three hours later when his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter answered her and said, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. She said, Yes, for so much. Then Peter said to her, How is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Then immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. And the young men came in and found her dead, and carrying her out, buried her by her husband. So great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. Well, that's an incredible story, Colin. Amazing. So here you have the Holy Spirit revealing important information to Peter. 
about deception in the church. Mm. So yeah. the Holy Spirit let Peter know about deception in the church. And what I found interesting too, that when Peter said to Ananias, why is Satan filled thy heart to lie to the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit? Mm. And then you read down in verse, uh, just further down, he says, you've lied to the Holy Spirit, you've lied to God. You've lied to God, yes. So he connects together God and the Holy Spirit. Mm. Right there, that you've lied to the Holy Spirit, you've lied to God. Yeah, so it's clear here that God will reveal through the Holy Spirit things that people wouldn't otherwise know. Because no one told Peter this. It was only the Holy Spirit that told him that these people were lying about how much they were going to give to the church and how much they got for the for the property that they had sold. So, I mean, it was theirs, wasn't it? It's very clear from the Scripture. It was theirs. They owned it. Why didn't they say, look, we're going to sell the property and we're going to give half or we're going to give 80%? Maybe they gave, they got more proceeds than they thought. And they thought, well, look, we were only planning on giving 20000 but we got twenty-five. So we'll keep five for ourselves and just give 20. No one will know. And here it is very clear. The Holy Spirit knows God, always knows. Nothing is hidden from God. Nothing's hidden from the holy angels and the Holy Spirit. So it is really a lesson to all of us that, uh, you know, we can't lie to God. God knows the end from the beginning. And it's very important that we make sure that when we walk with the Lord, we walk with him honestly. Well, that's what happened before. You see, the church was selling their possessions and giving it and laying it to the to the feet of the apostles, and you know they were looking after people's needs. And we see that that's when we're introduced to Barnabas, which is called the son of consolation. He was that like he had the gift of encouragement. Yes. And having he sold some land, and brought it to the money and laid it at the apostles' feet, and that sort of they said, oh wow, and and so um, Ananias and his wife Sapphira. They wanted to do the same thing, mm. but there was deception. So the Holy Spirit, yes, revealed. So Peter was given the gift of discernment, uh, and he was given that, and he was able to know from the Holy Spirit about deception in the church. You know, another great example was in Acts chapter 5, verse 17 to 20, when angels intervened for the progress of the church when Peter was delivered from prison. Let's read Acts chapter 5, verse 17 to 20. Then the high priest rose up. And all those who were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with indignation and laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. But at night an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. So hmm. you hear the Holy Spirit directing you know, to angels to go and open the prison doors. Um, and what were the what were the apostles doing? You know, you read earlier in verse twelve, it says they were healing people. Yeah, through many signs and wonders. Yeah, amongst the people. That's right. Yeah. So here we have the Holy Spirit working through uh, for the direction of the church. And we also see uh, in Acts chapter eight, verse twenty six to twenty nine, and uh, to thirty nine, when Philip was directed. By the Holy Spirit. And so an angel of the Lord and the Holy Spirit spoke directions to Philip concerning the Ethiopian whom God wanted the gospel taught. So the Holy Spirit directed Philip to go to speak to the Ethiopian. So let's just read what happened here. Just amazing. Verse 26. And now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, 
who had charge of all her treasury, had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, and he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, How can I understand or how can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. The place in the scripture which he read was, And he was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. So he was repeating the prophecy in Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 7 and 53 verse 8 Mm. when a prophecy was made about Jesus being a sheep led to the slaughter like a lamb. And so here he is uh, sharing that scripture with him. But did you notice in verse 29, so the angel, well, verse 26, the angel of the Lord Spoke to Peter, saying, "Arise and go down to the south." Said to him, Philip, "Sorry." Yeah. So, so, so the angel says, "Go down there." And then in verse twenty-nine, so he's he's sitting there, and he went. Then the spirit said unto the Lord, "Said to him, Philip, sorry, go near and enjoy thyself to the chariot." So an angel Lord appears to him, go down there, and then the spirit says, "Go to that chariot." Yeah, yeah this is and this share is the work. It's very clear. And I guess, have you ever had that experience in your life, where the Holy Spirit has directed you to go, go and speak to that person? Mm. And share something Look, I've got an interesting story I can probably share with you Something that happened to me this week Um, As part of this program You'll see there at the end of each of the footnotes There talks about prayer And how we are to pray for certain things And one of the things that encouraged us In the earlier lessons And we can perhaps elaborate on that In some coming lessons Is that we are to contact five people And then ask them what they would like us to pray for in their lives. And then subsequent to that, we should just keep in touch with them on a regular basis or even ring them up and pray with them. Well, I've got a relative and his son over in another part of the world has been having some big problems with drugs and had addictions and that. And he's just started coming clean and he's just connected himself to a Christian um, organization over there and he's been baptized. But he's still working through these and 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 the urges still come. So I thought he'd be a good guy. I just felt convicted. Lord, who should I pray for? There's so many people to pray for. Who should I pray for? I need five. Contacted him, and for some reason he didn't get the message. Uh, two and a half weeks later, I still hadn't get, got the message. So I contacted him on Facebook said, listen, I sent you a WhatsApp message based on your phone number. Have you received it? He goes, no, I haven't received it. So I just sent him another test. The test came through. I could see on the little ticks that he had received it, but he hadn't received the other message from two and a half weeks, and I could see it hadn't been opened. So I resent it to him, and he was just absolutely blown away that someone would take interest in him to want to pray for him. Mm. And then after he gave me a whole list, seven things I've got to pray for because he had some great needs, he said to me, can you please just tell me why you selected me out of all the people, because I've got a lot of family, all the people that you know, why me? And I said, look, I just believe the Holy Spirit directed me to ask you so I can put you on the list and pray for your, for your needs. He said, you won't believe this. About two and a half weeks ago, I asked the Lord that he would please give me a understanding and that he would touch me in some way to let me know that he's real, that he exists, and that he's interested in my life. And he said, I believe this is an answer to prayer. No one else has ever asked that they could pray for me, what my needs are, and so forth. And you from overseas, and I don't really know him that well because I left, I left uh, that country many years ago, you know, more than a half a lifetime ago. He was just absolutely blown away that the Holy Spirit, who he asked to, to show him something, had spoken to me, and this was the means by which God was touching him and answering his prayer. 
And you ask God, reveal to me who to pray for. Who to pray for. And I believe the Holy Spirit led and the Holy Spirit answered his prayer through this. And the Holy Spirit uh, put, put that man, young man, on your heart yes. to pray for and uh, look at the result there. Mm. So, so the Holy Spirit leads us to even pray for people. Part of the, this 50 days devotional, uh, present devotion to uh, experience the latter rain and prepare for the second coming of Jesus, is to ask God for five people to pray for. Ask God, Lord, who do you want me to pray for? Mm. And God will put it on your heart and give you names to pray for. And then you are to contact those people and ask them, you know, let them know that you're doing the 50 days devotional mm. and mm. That, uh, that you've been directed to pray for them and ask them what they would like prayer for. And see what God will do. I have more stories, but I'll share them at another time just of, of what's happened. I have been absolutely blown away by how God has worked in the lives of people and the needs of some of the people just through this prayer for, for people around the world. It's an amazing, uh, powerful, powerful uh, prayer. Is. So we also see, um, you know, the Holy Spirit related specific directions to Peter concerning God's acceptance of the Gentile believers. You know how Peter, uh, let's go to that in Acts chapter 11. Verse 12, that's Acts chapter 11, verse 12. So the Holy Spirit has given directions to Peter. But at, interesting, at the same time, he also directed Cornelius to seek out Peter. So here's the mm. Holy Spirit, you know, directing Cornelius and directing Peter. So let's go and read that story and just see amazing how the Holy Spirit puts things together. So do you want the whole story or just verse 12 there? Let's just let's read the whole story. It's a great story okay, so of showing how the Holy Spirit is working from both ends. He's working from Peter's end and he's working on Cornelius' end to bring them together to take the gospel to the Gentiles. And then, you know, the Gentiles were then filled with the Holy Spirit and the yeah. and the, the Jewish people were amazed at this. These stories are so remarkable. It says there, starting with verse 1 in chapter 11 of Acts, Now the apostles and brethren who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also believed the word of God. And when Peter came up to Jerusalem, those of the circumcision contended with him, saying, You went into uncircumcised men and ate with them. But Peter explained it to them in order for, from the beginning, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision, an object descending like a great sheet let down from heaven by four corners, and it came to me. Then I observed it intently and considered I saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And I heard a voice saying to me, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But I said, Not so, Lord, for nothing common or unclean has at any time entered my mouth. But the voice answered me again from heaven, What God has cleansed you must not call common. Now, as this was done three times, and all were drawn up again to heaven. At that very moment, three men stood before the house where I was, having been sent to me from Caesarea. Then the Spirit told me to go with them, doubting nothing. However, these six brethren accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. And he told us how he had seen an angel standing in his house who said to him, Send men to Joppa. And call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who will tell you words by which you are and all your household will be saved. And I, as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them as upon us at the beginning. 
Then I remembered the words of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If therefore God has given them the same gift as he has given us when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could withstand God. Just amazing story. You know, it starts off with Acts chapter 10 where there's Cornelius who was a centurion and, you know, he believed God and feared God and uh, he found favor with God and he prayed to God and God gives him a vision and he sends, uh, and he's to go out and find uh, Peter at Joppa. Mm. And so he sends men down there and then Peter at the same time is having a vision that three men are going to come and he needs to go with them. And so the Holy Spirit has just put together this what I call divine appointments. Yes. Because that, yeah, was, that was, it was what's called a divine appointment where the Holy Spirit's orchestrated an appointment mm-hmm. so that the Gentiles could hear the gospel. And, and, uh, and God even used a vision with Peter, you know, with the sheet of, the, of all the unclean animals because you know that the, the, the Jews wouldn't eat anything unclean. That's right, yeah. According to the God's word in Leviticus chapter 11. Yeah. And so, you know, Peter says, I'm not going to eat anything unclean. Now, a lot of Christians have... Uh, got that mixed up thinking that oh it's okay to eat whatever you want now but it was a vision regarding the Gentiles because the Jews would not associate or eat and associate with with the the Gentiles Gentiles. uncircumcised yeah uncircumcised because they weren't clean so here is God breaking down the barriers between Mm. uh, the Jewish people and Peter and the early church apostles who were all Jews with the Gentiles and using the unclean sheet uh, as that they're not unclean anymore yeah. It had nothing to do with actually eating animals whatsoever. It's totally to do with the Gentiles being unclean yeah. and Jews associating with Gentiles. And isn't it wonderful that the Holy Spirit directed all this? And then he told Cornelius there in verse 14 that in Simon, when he comes, he will tell you words by which you and all your household will be saved. The gospel. Yeah. So the Holy Spirit wanted the gospel to preach to the Gentiles. And so, it's the same with the, uh, with the eunuch, you know, Candace's... Uh, uh, was he treasurer? He was the treasurer of Ethiopia. He was reading the gospel, didn't understand it in the Old Testament and the book of Isaiah. And then God actually directs Philip. Philip explains it to him. He receives the gospel. And then in verse 39 there in, uh, I think it was Acts 8, he was baptized. Yes. And then he took the gospel back to Ethiopia. Incredible. So this is how God, the Holy Spirit is directing the church. Mm. And I call them divine appointments. And, you know, we, we I've had many divine appointments in my life where you've just... All of a sudden you've turned up and then the Holy Spirit's orchestrated it and then something mm. amazing happens. Well, people listening on the radio today, this could be a divine appointment for them as well. God wants them to hear. Or perhaps if you are a believer already and you uh, you have received the Holy Spirit, perhaps you can pray in your life, God, send me divine appointments today so I can share the gospel as well. Absolutely. And we so we also see that the gift of prophecy was in operation by the Holy Spirit in the early church. So they had the gift of prophecy was in mm. operation. Acts chapter 11, verse 27 and 28. Let's go there. Acts chapter 11, verse 27 and 28. And in these days, prophets came from Jerusalem to Antioch. And one of them named Achabus stood up and showed by the spirit that there was going to be a great famine throughout all the world, which was also happened in the days of Claudius Caesar. So here we have, there were prophets in the early church mm. who were prophesying a great drought. And uh, we also look in Acts chapter uh, 21, verse 9. Acts 21, verse 9. 
where even men and women prophesied. Verse 9. Verse 9 says, Now this man had four virgin daughters who prophesied. Wow. And then verse 10 it says, And as we stayed many days, a certain prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. So Agabus is, is active there again. But it does mention the four virgin daughters. Now, I believe this is Philip it's talking about, isn't it? The four virgin daughters of Philip? Yeah, um, yeah it could be. It could be. You have to read on about that. Hmm. But the most important thing is that the gift of prophecy was used in the early church. Men and women had the gift of prophecy. And I believe that we have the gift of prophecy in the last days as well. We can look at that at another time. But yeah, well, that's I believe the gift of prophecy was used. You know, I want to talk a little bit about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You know, there can be a lot of confusion about the gifts of the mm, Holy Spirit. Mm, yes. You know, but when we read in, um, in God's Word, and especially in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, it's the Holy Spirit that determines what gifts we get. It's the right. Holy Spirit that, um, and verse, actually go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we can see there that Paul is explaining to the Corinthians church about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, where the Corinthians church had, had started focusing on one gift, mm. and they got super hyper-focused on one gift. Right. And then Paul is trying to explain them the diversity of gifts and who determines what gift you get. Mm-hmm. And it's an incredible uh, chapter. Let's just read a little bit from verse 12, and I think it... Let's read down from verse 1, sorry, chapter 12, verse 1. And um, let's read down to verse 13. Verse 13. About the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Oh, this is an incredible chapter. I love this chapter. It says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Okay, great. So we're going to have some explanation there so we don't stay ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles, carried away by these dumb idols. However, you were led. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaks by the Spirit of God, cause Jesus accursed, and that no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are diversities of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of Spirit, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. I think that's the key text there. He distributes the gifts as he wills. Mm-hmm. Now we can ask, but the Holy Spirit determines what gifts that we get. And we get different gifts. Yes, the Holy Spirit obviously knows the needs of the church better than we do. So therefore he gives the gifts as required for, for ministry. Yeah, so we've got miracles, prophecy, discernment. Like Peter was given the gift of discernment. Yeah, with Ananias and Sapphira, yes. That's right. Mm. And then verse 12. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greeks, whether slaves or free, 
and have all been made to drink into one spirit. That's right. And Paul goes on to unpack that using the body as an analogy Mm. of that, you know, we're in the body of Christ and we all have different parts to play, like the hand and the fingers and the eyes, the nose. Yes. You, You need every part of the body to be a to function effectively Working together as a body well. of Christ. And when we lack some of those, if we, you know, if you cut the hand off or the arm or pluck the eye out, we're not as effective as we are when we're using all our gifts. And sure. I just love that when Paul then, just, just to make sure of it, says in verse 29 of chapter 12, are all apostles, are all mm. prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, have all the gift of healing, mm. do all speak with tongues or different languages, do all interpreting? And he's just saying, you know, not everybody has all, all the gifts. You know, yeah. we have different gifts, and the purpose of the gifts is to equip and build mm-hmm. up the church. Because there's a lot of people that also focus on particular gifts, especially the gift of tongues seems to be very prominent. But the question is asked, do all speak with tongues? So if you have the Holy Spirit and you receive the gifts of the Spirit, you may not receive the gift of tongues. Yes. And that is definitely not an indicator whether you have the Holy Spirit or not. And what Maybe was the you've been given the gift of interpretation or you've been mm. gift of healing or something else or a gift of faith or the gift of discernment. Mm. That's right. And the problem with the Corinthians, then Paul brings them back to them and says, listen, what you need to do is focus on the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. And in yes. chapter 13 he says, you know, you can have all these gifts and speak in tongues, and but if you don't have love, it means nothing and charity. And I just love that um, that Paul, when you look back in God's word in Acts chapter 2, the function of the gift of tongues or the other interpretation is called gift of languages mm. was that the apostles were all and disciples were speaking in different languages and everyone understood the gospel was preached in their own language because there right, were men yes. from different countries speaking different languages and they all understood the gospel in their own language mm-hmm. that was the purpose of the of the uh, of the gift of I agree. languages you know, often when i want to see what the meaning and the true definition is of something in the bible i always go to the first time it was mentioned and if you look at the first time tongues are mentioned it's very clear that people understood them in their own languages so it can't be anything else I mean, it's the same when it comes to, for example, uh, creation and the fall of man. If you want to know what sin is, you go back to the origins of sin in Genesis, and you can see what God said and then what Adam and Eve did, and you know that disobedience to God is sin. That's what it is. Sin is the transgression of the law. So every time we want to understand a definition, I, I advise everybody, go to the first time the Bible mentions it, and you have a clear understanding of what it's talking about. And there's, you know, in uh, Romans chapter 12 as well, as well, Paul also then unpacks some of the gifts. And he says that, you know, chapter 12, verse 5, so we being many are one body in Christ. Again, he uses that body and body everyone members one another, having mm. then gifts differing according to grace. See there? We have differing gifts according to grace mm. that is given to us. Where the prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith or ministry or teaching, or exhortation, or encouragement. Uh, Different gifts are given to uh, build up the church. And also you can read that in Ephesians as well, where he gives another list. Yes. And that's the purpose of the gifts, is to build up the church. Mm. That's Mm. it. So here we have the Holy Spirit also determining what gifts we get. And uh, so, you know, sometimes people might say, if you don't have a certain gift, then you haven't received the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit 
gives different gifts to different people. And your gift might be the gift of encouragement, could be the gift of prophecy, could be the gift of teaching, could be the gift of helps. There's yeah. many different or gifts. Administration or administration yeah, yeah. or leadership. There are many different gifts mm-hmm. that uh, God gives out to build up his church. So when we get back to so obviously the gift of prophecy was definitely used in the early church. We also see that the Holy Spirit told the church to set aside Barnabas and Saul for the work he had called them to do. So the Holy Spirit set aside Barnabas and Paul. And that's Acts chapter 13, verse 2. Acts chapter 13, verse 2. And here we have the Holy Spirit saying, look, I want Barnabas and Paul. I've got a certain work I want them to do. And I want them set aside to do it. So let's read that. Okay. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And they, having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. Wow. So here they they were told to go to the Gentiles, and Barnabas and Paul were given uh, given that direction by the Holy Spirit. But isn't it incredible? They're praying, and, and the Holy Spirit speaks to them while they're praying and fasting. This was a very... Holy Spirit directed church, the early church. Mm. They spent much time in prayer and uh, fasting, waiting for the Holy Spirit to tell them. So what's, sorry to interrupt you, but what's stopping us nowadays? If that is the former reign and the former reign is to be with us from Pentecost right through until the latter reign comes, what is stopping us to pray and expect the same things from the Holy Spirit as they did in the early church? Well, it's ourselves. Okay. <laughs> we're right. stopping ourselves. We we are we're very self sufficient. Mm. I think because we are we have a lot of wealth, depending on where you're from. Yes. We have a lot of wealth, a lot of resources. We have a lot of education, mm. and so we've become a lot self sufficient. And so, you know, we believe that we can do the work without the Holy Spirit. Well, look, one thing is very clear, and I actually just put this picture on my Facebook page. Whether you're rich or poor, whether you're educated or uneducated, whether you're um, someone that's eloquent or someone that stutters, we all end up in the same place. We all end up six foot under yes, in a box in the ground. doesn't matter how beautiful that box is. We are covered. So unless we know the Lord, really, life, it's all vanity, isn't it? That's right. That's right. So here we have again the Holy Spirit. And then there was what they did. They came together and they fasted and prayed. And then the Holy Spirit said, separate these people Mm. for the ministry that I have. So we also look at uh, they had a very important council. You know, they had meetings back in those days. They had their, their conferences and meetings. And they had a very important council that had been convened in Jerusalem to determine what was to be required of the new Gentile believers. Uh, and so, you know, the church now had Gentile believers joining the church. Mm. And so the early church had obviously come from Judaism, and they'd taken a lot of their, lot of their uh, stuff from Judaism yes. into the early church. And now the Gentiles have joined the church. Mm. They don't have that background or, that, or the cultures. Culture or the background, yeah. or the, and there's a lot of traditional the traditions. Mm. There were traditions of men, plus there were biblical uh, uh, directives, directives yes. as yeah. well. So let's read that in Acts chapter... 15 verse 28 Acts 15 verse 28 It says for it seemed good to the Holy Spirit And to us It's always good when we can agree with the Holy Spirit Seemed good to the Holy Spirit And to us To lay upon you no greater burden 
than these necessary things. So here the Holy Spirit directed them to have a meeting. And so they then had a big meeting. And so basically they were discussing what to do. Mm. You know, should they be circumcised? Should they not be circumcised? And uh, they had a great discussion. And let's read that discussion. I think we can learn some. Verse 6. Let's go verse 6. Because they had, they had disagreement. Mm-hmm. There are, uh, you know, early uh, a sect of the Pharisees who became believers. They said they should be circumcised. So let's see what happened in the discussion. Now the apostles and elders came together to consider this matter. And when there had been much dispute, Peter rose up and said to them, Men and brethren, you know that a good while ago God chose among us that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. So God who knows the heart acknowledged them by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us and made no distinction between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. Now therefore, why do you test God by putting a yoke on the neck of the disciples which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ we shall be saved in the same manner as they. Then all the multitude kept silent and listened to Barnabas and Paul declaring how many miracles and wonders God had worked through them among the Gentiles. And after they had become silent, James answered, saying, Men and brethren, listen to me. Simon has declared how God at the first visited the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And with this the words of the prophets agree, just as it is written, After this I will return, and will build the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. I will rebuild its ruins, and I will set it up and that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord, even all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord who does all these things. And in verse 28, uh, James wraps it up by saying, in verse 28, For it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. Mm. So here we are directed by the Holy Spirit, again, even in, in making decisions in the church. The Holy Spirit was directed there. And we can see also the Holy Spirit intervened to stop a planned missionary journey and gave a vision to direct where to go in Acts chapter 16, verses 6 to 7 and to 10. So here they wanted to go somewhere and the Holy Spirit, nope, I don't want you to go there. Acts chapter 16, verse 6. Now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, They were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. After they had come to Mysa, they tried to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. And then is it verse... Verse 8, keep going to verse 10. So passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately he sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. So, amazingly, the Holy Spirit even directed where they should go. Yeah, so, no, don't preach in Asia. You're going to Macedonia. That's where you're going to go and preach the gospel. That's where the Holy Spirit wanted you to go. And uh, they even gave him a vision just to confirm mm. that. So, you know, Asia maybe wasn't ready. 
Yes, there could be many reasons for There's it. But the reasons. Holy Spirit, God knows. Yes, that's right. So the Holy Spirit, no, you're going to go to go to here first. And so, I find that even my own life today, there's sometimes that we're to wait on God mm. to open doors and, and and close doors. There's many times where God has closed doors for me where I wanted to go there, and He just completely closed it. And every time I try to open it, it just closed harder and harder. Yes. Sometimes I had to close and hit me in the head just to basically get <laughs> okay. God to get my attention. Yeah. But then other times God has opened doors and it's so easy. You just go through and mm. and it's set up just like Paul on that was. Oh, isn't it wonderful? The best place to be is the place where the Lord wants you to be. Yes. There's many, I've been uh, like, you know, 24 countries over the last seven years. Mm. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, most of them I didn't want to go. Okay. <laughs> I didn't want to go to these countries. I said, Lord, I'd like to go to that country. Mm-hmm. But that was just my, my carnal self saying this is what I wanted to do. Yes. Where I've learned to say, Lord, where do you want me to go? Mm. And what he does is he opens the door. And Wonderful. everything goes. And he closes doors where the, he doesn't want you to go because maybe it's not ready yet to hear that yeah. message. Maybe it would do more damage sometimes. And yeah. so God knows that when the time is right. Well, when we've given ourselves to the Lord, he directs. And we want him to direct because he knows the end from the beginning. He knows what's good for us. He knows who, who's ready to hear the gospel. And we just praise God for that. that he's so interested in people's lives, individuals, People that other people, like the Christian people at that time, were Christian people, the Jews of that time, you know, who had become Christians, weren't sure about it. What do we do with the Gentiles? And the Holy Spirit then leads and directs them in regards to what they got to say to them, what the requirements are for Christian living and so forth. Just yeah. a beautiful, beautiful spirit-directed movement. And we need to be part of that spirit-directed movement even in our day. That's right. We need to wait on God. We need to wait on God. Mm. We need to ask God and then wait on God. Lord, what do you want me to do? And wait on God to reveal that. Sometimes we like to go ahead of God sure. where we can become very impatient. Mm, yes, sometimes we'll run before we sent. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> yes. absolutely. And so let's look at another uh, a verse. Let's go to Acts chapter 20, verses 22 to 23. Acts chapter 20 and verses 22 to 23. Okay, we read here, And see now I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. So, And he continues on that because he's preaching the gospel, Paul is saying the Holy Spirit even revealed to Paul all the future bonds and afflictions that he would suffer. Mm-hmm. It revealed to him that you're going to suffer for the gospel, but it let him know that, and it also let him know that he, God would be with him. God mm. would be him. Yeah, great encouragement. Just, mm. Just amazing. Amazing. Nothing can surprise God. And that's why I love it. You know, some people call it the book of Acts or the book of the Acts of the Apostles. I think it should be called the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's moving, directing, empowering, and convicting of the Holy Spirit are the, you know, they're the same same today. And we can be directed by the Holy Spirit today. Mm. You know, I don't know about you, but I'm sure that every Christian who has ever read the book of Acts in the New Testament has longed for the same manifestation of the Holy Spirit to happen in his or her life or in our church. Wouldn't we love to be, you know, go back and be part of the book of Acts? And I believe mm-hmm. we are part of the book of Acts, but yeah. you read some of the things there and you go, wow, wouldn't it be amazing if that happened today? Mm-hmm. And I believe it can happen today. I agree with you. I believe it can too. And so I guess we've got to look at is, well, how did it happen to them? What was the process that they went to? that God could use them in a mighty way. That's the question, yeah. It would be nice to answer that question. And we know that 
the prophecy also says that the latter rain is going to even be more powerful than the early rain. Mm. It's going to be more powerful than the manifestation of the Holy Spirit as he as God through Jesus reveals himself through his people. Yes. And uh, we've been living in the day of uh, early rain since Pentecost. And I believe it's time for the latter rain to begin. But you know what? I believe that Satan will do everything he can, everything he can to keep us this from happening. He'll do everything mm, possible mm. to keep this happening. For he knows it'll be the death knell for him. You know, I was in the military uh, for seven years. I was in the Navy and and I thought about this recently and I thought, you know, if I was Satan, I would not want the latter rain of the Holy Spirit to fall because when mm. the latter rain falls, it says in Revelation 18, God's glory lights up this earth. Wow, yes. And the, and the three angels' message is giving with greater power. Mm. It repeats the three angels' messages in 18, uh, Revelation 18 verse 1. And so, and then it says, then Jesus comes. The seven plagues fall and Jesus comes. Yeah. So if you were Satan, you, you wouldn't want the latter rain to come. It will hasten his end. That's it. That's the end of him. Yeah. End of him. But Jesus. also it will take many precious souls out of his kingdom and put them in the kingdom of God. Absolutely. There'll be brands plucked out of the fire, as we read in Zechariah. So yes. you can imagine them having a meeting. I can imagine them having a meeting in the boardroom. You know, mm. there is Satan with the with the uh, the demons, the the evil angels, and they're having a meeting and and they're saying, uh, whatever happens, don't let don't let God's people get the latter rain. Mm. And all the don't demons. let them pray. Don't let them ask for it. Don't let them humble themselves before the Lord. Don't let them receive the latter rain. Keep the power out of the church. And they say, and the evil angels say, well, how do we do that? Mm. It's simple. Don't let them grow and, and grow and receive the early rain of the Holy Spirit. Because in able to receive the latter rain, we need to receive the early rain mm-hmm. and grow in the early rain in the likeness of Jesus in preparation for the latter rain. Yes, yeah, that and makes so, sense. So that's his focus. So well, how do we do that? Let's have counterfeit. Satan mm-hmm. always counterfeits everything that's true. So let's have a counterfeit baptism in the Holy Spirit. Uh-huh. Let's have a counterfeit early rain mm. where the focus is on the gifts of the Spirit. Because you see, Satan can counterfeit the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says he can counterfeit miracles. Well, that is a gift of the Spirit. He can counterfeit false prophecy, mm. false teachings of God's Word, false tongues, speaking in tongues. So Satan can counterfeit all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Incredible, yeah. Prophecy, everything. But he can't counterfeit the fruit of the Holy Spirit. No, he can't. And the interesting thing is that in Revelation 13, it says that he's even able to make fire down, come down from heaven in the sight of men to deceive them by the miracles which he's able to perform. And what what does the fire represent in God's word? Well, fire can represent a few things, but it also represents the Holy Spirit. Yeah, so he can have a false Mm. manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Yes. And... And then do miracles. Mm-hmm. And so miracles is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Of course it is, yeah. That's, so that, he makes, can, that makes sense. That so, interpretation makes sense. So he can counterfeit that, but he can't counterfeit the fruit of the Spirit. And I encourage people out there, when you're praying for the daily baptism of the Holy Spirit of Christ in you, the hope of glory, is you're focusing on having Jesus live out his life in and through you and having the fruits of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, mm. long-suffering, temperance, righteousness, and goodness. Uh, and Satan cannot counterfeit those. And the, God will give us gifts, but focus on the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. And God Being will be a loving and lovable Christian. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Amen. So, what did the disciples do? You know, what did the early church do to receive Pentecost? Mm. You know, I think that Satan also keeps us busy. 
He keeps us busy involved in the world's cares and concerns, so we neglect earnestly to seek God for his spirit. One of the things they were asking, they were asking. It says they were asking for the Holy Spirit. And um, there's a lovely verse there in Jeremiah 29, 13. Jeremiah 29, verse 13. And the question is that I have, and a question I have for you out there listening, are we willing to seek God with all our hearts? Are mm. we willing to seek God with all our hearts? They did that. They spent 10 days in prayer with all their hearts, put all their differences aside. And God poured out uh, the early rain on the day of Pentecost. So Jeremiah 29, verse 13. Do you have that? And one? you will seek me and find me if you search for me with all your heart. It's a beautiful promise, isn't it? That's it. So we need to seek God with all our hearts, mm. and only then we'll find him and know him, just as the five wise virgins came to know him. Remember, just before Jesus comes, he tells a parable in uh, Matthew 25 of the wise and foolish virgins. Yes. He's given all the signs in Matthew 24 of the signs of his second coming. When you see all these things, know it's near. Mm. And we're seeing all these signs today, aren't we? We're seeing political unrest, religious unrest, the wars, earthquakes, the floods, natural disasters increasing, and the world's coming together. Mm. You know, the climate change, uh, uh, over 200 countries, I think 191 countries just signed the uh, climate change uh, agreement, Mm. which they now want to, it's just enacted into law just recently in the last few weeks. So governments of the world have got to come up with ideas how we can combat climate. Mm. So they've seen all these increases in disasters. So we see all these things happening, but then Jesus says, this is what it'll be like. In Matthew 25, he says, there were five foolish and five wise virgins. There were 10 virgins. Yes, yes. And the difference was that the wise virgins knew the bridegroom. We need to know Jesus. And they had extra oil. They all had a little bit of oil, but they had extra oil in their vessels, which means the vessel is representing their character. They had allowed the Holy Spirit to transform their character into the likeness of Jesus. Mm -hmm. They were daily filled with the Holy Spirit. And so they had had enough oil to take them through. They knew the Master. Mm. We come to know Jesus through daily communion with God in prayer and in his word and in witnessing. And that's how we know him. And because they knew him, they were able to enter. The foolish virgins, they had a little bit of oil, but they were content but they didn't really know him. Mm. And Jesus says, I don't know you. Yeah, and when the call was heard, they then realized that they were running out of oil. Their lamp was starting to go out. Those who knew Jesus entered in with him, with the bridegroom. Yes. Others went to go and find oil somewhere. They must have found something because they came back. But whatever they found was not from the bridegroom because he said, I don't know you, depart from me. I don't know you. Yeah. It was too late to mm. go and find that oil, because I can't give you my character. You can't give me your character. No, you can't. That's only right. the Holy Spirit can transform our character into the likeness of Jesus. And that's mm. found in Second Corinthians chapter three, verse eighteen, where we're transformed into the image of God from glory to glory by mm. the Spirit, into the image of Jesus. As we behold Him, it says, "As we behold Him." Yeah. Beholding means spending time with Him sure. and getting to know Him. So, as it all represents the Holy Spirit. And, of course, the lamp, the light burning represents the word of God. And, of course, the, the vessel that holds it represents our characters. Mm. You know, the word working with the Holy Spirit. Mm. Obviously, 
if we don't grow in the fullness of the former reign, when that last call goes out, behold the bridegroom, go out to meet him, we will also be lacking oil. That's what it says to me. I don't know if that's what it says to you, Colin, but that's that's quite a serious a serious counsel for us to make sure that we receive the fullness of the former rain now so we are ready for that for that time. And, and they're all surprised. Yeah. They're all surprised. Even the wise virgins were well, surprised. Well, they were sleeping. Even the, you know, the wise ones are sleeping just as much as the foolish ones. Well, but although it must have been some people awake because someone gave the loud cry. Well, where does it come from? Because it's not from the ten virgins, is it? It comes from somewhere else. It comes from the loud cry comes. Yeah. And so... The most important thing, though, is that we need to know Jesus Amen. and we need to be daily filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm. So first we must every day, and, and I encourage people there listening, that every day earnestly seek the infilling or baptism of the Holy Spirit. You're asking for Jesus to live out his life in and through you. Secondly, with this attitude of self-surrender, we must petition him day and night to revive us individually and as a church. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 62. Verse 6 and 7. Isaiah 62, verses 6 and 7. I have set watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. They shall never hold their peace day or night. You who make mention of the Lord, do not keep silent and give him no rest till he establishes and till he makes Jerusalem a praise on the earth. Wow. Mm. And also Second Chronicles, verse 7 to 14. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Wow, what a promise. Mm, beautiful so promise. Again, it's about surrendering and if my people pray. There's a condition there, isn't it? Just like Jesus says... In First uh, John, verse uh, 9, I believe, it says, If we confess mm. our sins, Jesus is faithful to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And here's the promise, yeah. if my people pray. That's right. God will do his part. It's interesting, you know, when I uh, did some of my training, you know, it would be sales training or negotiation training, one of the principles they, they taught you was the if-then principle. If we were to do this, then would you be able to do that? And that's how you negotiate. So it's conditional negotiation. And here we also have the if and then, if and then principle. I said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive this sin and heal their land. So what's the condition? We've got to pray. Pray. But yep. also there was something else there. Humble themselves. Humble ourselves. Uh, seek his face. Seek his face. Turn from their wicked ways. And turn from our wicked ways means, means to repent. Yes. And turn away from the sins that That's we That's what know. repentance means, isn't it? It's a 180 degree turn to go in the opposite direction to which you were heading previously. Instead of being bound for perdition, now you are bound for glory. So if bound. we do these things, that God will do his part. And I believe that we are to pray daily for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the latter rain abundance and power. Zechariah 10, verse 1. Let's look up Zechariah chapter 10, verse 1. Ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. The Lord will make flashing clouds. He will give them showers of rain, grass in the field for everyone. Wow, what a promise. Beautiful promise. Here's the promise of the latter rain. And so the question we have today, are we willing to do what the early believers did before the day of Pentecost? If so, we will in God's time experience the fullness of the early rain, baptism of the Holy Spirit, 
and the latter rain personally and corporately as a mm-hmm. church. Mm-hmm. So it starts with the individual and then flows into the church as individuals come together as God's people. Yes. Mm. And there's a great, great uh, quote by um, Ellen White from the book The Faith I Live By, page 53. And she says, The measure of the Holy Spirit we receive will be proportioned to the measure of our desire and faith exercised for it and the use we shall make of light and knowledge that shall be given to us. Mm. So the measure is given for our desire and faith, asking for it. Do we really want it? Yeah. And if we get it, will we use it right? In proportion to our desire. Well, so the more we desire, the more of the Holy Spirit we will have. The The less we desire, the less we will have. Yeah, the more we talk about it, the more we pray for it, the more we ask, Mm. God will see we're sincere. And will we make right use of it? I mean, God cannot pour it out if we're going to use it sure, yeah. in, in the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. So I pray that God will create that design in every person's heart, everyone that's listening, for the Holy Spirit and for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and that they would seek it earnestly and pray for it. Because God has promised if we seek, we will find. And that was the ambition of the early church. The mm, only ambition of the early clear, church yes. was to reveal the likeness of Jesus mm. and to build up his kingdom. And that's what the early rain Holy Spirit is for. It's given to us so that we can reflect the character of Jesus because Jesus lives in us through the Holy Spirit Yes, and also to build up his kingdom. Mm -hmm. And so I want to encourage people to pray and ask earnestly, desire for the early and latter rain of the Holy Spirit. Ask God to baptize you with his spirit and prepare you to receive the latter rain. Pray and ask God to bring revival to your own personal lives and in your church. Mm. Come together in church. Our church is a small church that I go to, my local church. Yes. And we've just started recently. We are, we're going through the 50 days once okay. a week over 12 months mm. on a Wednesday night prayer night is our prayer night. And we have probably, a, I would say, a third of the church turning up on Wednesday That's nights. Good. Praise the Lord. Uh, coming in, eating together, praying together, mm. fellowshipping together, and studying God's word and seeking and praying for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit to bring revival to us in our church. Also, ask God to reveal five people for you to pray for and mm. to reach out and ask them what would they like prayer for and see what God will do in their life. Yes. At our next program, I'm hoping to share more of those testimonies of the five people I got in touch with. Some of the prayer requests are unbelievable. Where you think people have walked away from the Lord and they've got absolutely no interest in God whatsoever. As I've been talking to them and praying for them, it's been very clear that these people in their heart desire to be reconciled with God, to be part of his kingdom, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and to do wonderful things for him. But where they are, they just don't know where to go at the moment. They, they, they don't find that direction. But Colin, thank you for taking us through that lesson today. It's been a real blessing. We'd like to make available to you, dear listener, a book called Steps to Personal Revival, being filled with the Holy Spirit, written by Helmut Horbel. We would like to make this available to you for only $1 plus postage. Now, this book has six chapters covering about 110 pages and is filled with incredible material that will be a blessing to you as you walk with the Lord and grow in grace. To order this book or for more information, please contact us at 3ABN Australia Radio. In Australia, you can phone us on 2 or you can email us at radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. 
www.ctv.org.au. We look forward to catching up with you next time, and we pray that God will bless you and fill you with His Spirit abundantly until we meet again. been listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Radio.